Is Alexi Lafreniere in the doghouse? All this and much, much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 911 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Rangers were back in practice a short time ago here on Tuesday. I believe they started, I want to say, like late Tuesday morning and certainly into the afternoon here. Um, but obviously one of the biggest talking points here is that Alexi Lafreniere was skating as an extra during uh, this specific practice session that the Rangers had. And of course, Rangers going to be back in action on Wednesday and also Thursday, the final two games of the preseason. Uh, as for Lafreniere, should probably back up for a second here. He's somebody that right now and probably going forward, at least until he becomes uh, the player that the Rangers expected him to be, or at least some semblance of that player. And he's shown flashes here and there over the years. Uh, had that nice run in the playoffs two years ago, a big goal against the Penguins in game two uh, that tied the game and kind of set the Rangers on their way. He was out there for the game-tying goal in game seven against the Penguins late in the third period. So, I mean, he's had his moments here and there. He's had some success with the kid line. He's shown flashes that get you excited. Uh, a couple of highlight real goals, although probably not as many as you'd like to see. But the bottom line, Alexi Lafreniere, Going to be under the microscope uh, for quite some time for a lot of reasons. First of all, the former number one overall pick. That's always going to come with a certain amount of attention, certain amount of scrutiny. Also, the fact that, as I just mentioned, has not lived up to the expectations that inherently come along with being the number one overall pick. Uh, we also got the announcement that he was going to start training camp in the preseason as a right winger. Obviously, left wing is his natural position. So right away, as soon as training camp is beginning here, you know, that your eyebrows kind of go up there and you're keeping an even closer eye on Alexi Lafreniere uh, than you probably already would have. Uh, also, the fact that just has not played all that well in the three preseason games that he's been out there for, uh, for the Rangers, and specifically uh, that goal that the Islanders scored where it seemed like he was lacking some effort on that play. Another thing about that goal, too, is, you know, the way things are going for him, of course the Islanders score on that play, right? I feel like on that play, if there's a situation where Jonathan Quick makes the save, there might be a little bit less attention going toward that play. And by no means am I putting this on Jonathan Quick. I mean, it was a breakaway. No goalie's going to stop every single breakaway that they face. And uh, he gave up the goal there. But that's just kind of the way it goes. You know, when, when it rains, it pours. And um, certainly I would have talked about that on the show. But the fact that uh, a goal was let up, whereas if Quick made the save, you know, maybe a little bit less attention would have been paid uh, to that play by Ranger fans in general. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. He kind of dogged it on that play. And it led to a goal for the Islanders. Um, and now at practice the last couple of days back at left wing, uh, and as Laviolette has continued to say, it could be kind of fluid with Lafreniere as far as uh, him playing both wings. He's mostly been at right wing now getting some time at left wing. And now the latest in this chapter, Alexi Lafreniere skating as an extra at Tuesday's practice. Uh, we'll go through all the line combinations in a little bit here, but, uh, the, you know, as far as Lafreniere goes, the, the things we need to know right now, Rangers had 14 forwards participating in this practice. Uh, Philip Hedel was not one of them. He is still injured and he sat out. Uh, but in a lineup that had Tyler Pitlick at the third line, 
to not have Alexi Lafreniere in any of the lines at all, you know, your eyebrows certainly go up there. Uh, he was skating as an extra, as was Johnny Brodzinski. Now, it is worth pointing out, Peter Laviolette downplayed the significance of Lafreniere skating as an extra in practice. Basically, what he said was that he doesn't feel that Lafreniere needs to play in five out of the six preseason games. So if we do a little bit of math here, he's played in three out of four. Uh, it sounds like he will not be playing in Wednesday's game. Uh, but then, you know, it sounds like he will be back out there. If we read between the lines a little bit of that quote, he'll be back out there for Thursday's game. And certainly I don't think they're going to uh, not have Lafreniere play in either of the two final preseason games, especially after what has been a lackluster preseason thus far uh, for Alexi Lafreniere. And uh, I agree. I mean, there's no reason. I don't know that anybody really needs to play five out of six. Maybe if it's somebody who's, you know, scratching and fighting and clawing and trying to make the team, you know, like a Johnny Brodzinski or, you know, one of the kids in Offman or Cooley, uh, then it makes some sense to get them out there as much as possible. But Lafreniere, uh, four out of six is probably, uh, you know, enough for him uh, going into this upcoming season here. Um, you know, hearing all this from Laviolette, though, everything he said, it's all well and good. Um, nothing that's happened so far. I mean, it is, it is still the preseason, right? Let's keep things in perspective. It is still the preseason. It is still training camp, not for much longer, but it is still the preseason. Uh, nothing that's happened thus far with Lafreniere is going to like doom him to just an awful season or anything along those lines there. There's plenty of time to bounce back from this. Um, but do I believe that Peter Laviolette, he didn't mention this when he was talking to the reporters, but do I believe that part of the reason he's doing this, uh, having Lafreniere skate as an extra, uh, taking away his spot in the second power play unit, more on that in a second, and not playing him in this game. Do I think part of the reason for that is to send a message to Alexi Lafreniere? Yes, I absolutely do. Uh, Lafreniere just has not been somebody that, a term that was kind of floating around on social media, and I'm not sure who started it. it might have been Larry Brooks, but a term that's been floating around is certain players trying to just kick the door down. You know, Brent Offman trying to kick the door down, make the Rangers. Will Cooley, four games with the Rangers last year, uh, the whole rest of it with the Wolfpack, trying to kick the door down and make the Rangers. Johnny Brodzinski fighting his tail off to really become an NHL regular for the first time in his career. You know, obviously he's he's played a good amount of games, but he's never been a fixture in any one lineup. Uh, he's trying to kick the door down. We're not seeing Alexi Lafreniere out there trying to kick the door down. At least that's how it certainly looks after these uh, three preseason games in which he has played. But you know, again, Lafreniere, or rather Laviolette didn't throw Lafreniere under the bus, uh, didn't call him out specifically or anything along those lines. But I do believe this is a way of him challenging one of his young players and trying to get him to step up. And now it's on Alexi Lafreniere to respond the right way. He's not going to play, it sounds like, in this game Wednesday, but he'll be back out there on Thursday. Go out there and play your tail off. Give it everything you've got, and hopefully that, you know, kind of uh, improves your standing in the eyes of the head coach and uh, I'm sure he'll be out there on opening night. It's just kind of a matter of uh, which line he's going to be on, who he's going to play with, which wing it's going to be. But uh, Lafreniere is being challenged right now by his head coach. I have no doubt about that. Uh, I mentioned a second ago, uh, for just a quick second there, that Alexi Lafreniere has also been removed from the second power play unit, or at least that was the case uh, on Tuesday's practice here. The top unit was the same as Monday. You had Mika, Panarin, Fox, Kreider, Trocek. Uh, those are kind of the standard five. The second unit was almost the same as the day prior. You had Capo Caco, you had Blake Wheeler, uh, Keandre Miller, Eric Gustafson. But that fifth and final spot there, that went to Will Cooley. Uh, Will Cooley, at least for the time being, and at least for this one practice, has taken Lafreniere's spot. Um, and for what it's worth, uh, Eric Gustafson actually scored a goal. There was a video posted on social media uh, while the Rangers were doing some power play work. So, um, you know, with Lafreniere, again, I, I want to keep, you know, talking about this, just kind of get it from every angle here. 
So the thing about this that's so confusing to me when we see kind of like, a, you know, a lackadaisical effort or whatever you want to call it and, and just him not living up to expectations thus far is that scouts and, you know, people in the know before the Rangers drafted Lafreniere, everybody was raving about this kid's like just incredible work ethic and all the intangibles and he's, he's gritty. He's a leader. I mean, we could look at his numbers and they're impressive right away. Video game like numbers, as I like to say on here from time to time, uh, just ridiculous. We can watch his highlight reel and see him scoring all these goals and making all these nasty passes and everything. But the thing that people talked about just as highly as his offensive ability or, or just about as high were the intangibles. You know, th this is a guy that could be a future captain, um, you know, maybe even the future captain of the Rangers. I mean, at this point, I, I can't possibly see that happening. And that's not all Lafreniere's fault. I mean, they're, they're just rolling with Truba right now and uh, could go to another veteran if, if Truba ever moves on. But um, yeah, man, I, I just, I don't know where that's all gone. You know, where, where's this guy that, you know, competes his tail off and uh, fights for every inch of the, the ice. These are not the things that I was saying about Alexi Lafreniere. You know, I'm, I'm not a professional scout or anything like that. These are the things that I'm reading from other scouts about Lafreniere when he was about to go into the NHL. And he does play gritty. You know, he, he does play with some grit from time to time. Um, you know, we, we've seen him mix up with guys. We've seen him drop the gloves. We've seen him score a lot of his goals in the NHL, uh, kind of, you know, in deep, it, right in front of the crease there. Um, you know, he's getting knocked around a little bit, and he's fighting to stuff the puck into the net. So it, it's not like that has completely evaporated, but it does seem like there's times where, you know, he's just not quite going full bore. And when you've got a situation where you've got other players, they're kind of on the roster bubble, Othman, Cooley, Brodzinski, to name a few, and they are going full bore, and the number one draft pick isn't, it's going to stand out a little bit. We're going to notice these things. So I don't know. You know, it, it, the good news for Lafreniere, I definitely want to talk about this and end on something positive here. I think his teammates really like him. I, I don't think this is a situation where, like, he's a man on an island in there or they think there's something wrong with him or uh, they don't like him. They don't think he works hard enough or anything along those lines. We've talked in the past how this seems to be a really close-knit bunch. Uh, Lafreniere and Hedl and Kako seem to get along really well. And um, just watching Lafreniere interact with his teammates over the past few years, uh, it does seem like, you know, again, he, he is one of the boys, so to speak, and uh, he is well-liked in that clubhouse or locker room, rather. Um, but I am wondering if it's time maybe for a Ranger veteran to maybe pull him aside a little bit. And look, you don't have to like absolutely berate him. You don't have to embarrass him in front of his teammates. You don't have to curse him out or anything like that, but just kind of have a talk with him and be like, listen, man, we need you. You know, we need you to be one of the guys on this team. Um, the Rangers have big time aspirations. They feel like their championship window is still open. And I agree, but, and we've talked about this in the past too, the kids developing and continuing to get better and better. And, and the three that immediately spring to mind are Hedl and Kako and Lafreniere. Maybe now you could even throw Cooley and Othman in there as far as young forwards are concerned. Um, but it, it needs to, it needs to, you know, happen now. It needs to happen sooner rather than later. And the Rangers need Alexi Lafreniere. You, know, you need everybody pulling uh, in the same direction if you're going to win a Stanley Cup. So I don't know, you know, maybe Mika and Kreider, they're kind of the elder statesmen of the Rangers and they're forwards. Obviously, Truba's the captain. Does Truba go over and have something of a tough talk with him? Uh, that could work. And, you know, maybe if that happens, maybe uh, Artemi Panarin can almost like be sort of the good cop, so to speak. Um, you know, Panarin, we saw last year with Vitaly Krasov, he really kind of took him under his wing a little bit, uh, worked with him, stayed with him after practice to work on some things. Obviously, it didn't work out that well, but it was Vitaly Krasov, and he's had some attitude issues in the past, and I, I don't know that there was any saving Vitaly Kravtsov at that point. But obviously, Artemi Panarin is somebody that, you know, even though it didn't work with Kravtsov, he is willing to work with somebody uh, in any way possible, and, and maybe he 
he's a guy that can take Lafreniere under his wing as well. We'll see. But I do wonder if it's time for maybe a veteran Ranger to, you know, just kind of motivate him a little bit. Just give him a little kick. Everybody needs that every once in a while. I need that sometimes. You need that sometimes. Everybody needs that. You need to be held accountable. And um, I think in a hockey locker room, you need to be held accountable, uh, not just by the coaching staff, but also uh, by your teammates as well, and specifically the leaders in that room, some of whom I just mentioned. Uh, Going to keep everything rolling in just a second. There were some other things happening at practice other than uh, Lafreniere skating as an extra, so we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, also going to be talking about, going to do my opening night uh, roster projection for the Rangers uh, a little bit later in today's episode as well. We'll get to all that good stuff in just a second. But first, got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win a league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in a search, according to U.S. Indeed data. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed dot com slash locked on terms and conditions apply cost per application pricing not available for everyone need to hire you need indeed all right so we'll go ahead keep everything rolling here i uh, just want to thank everybody as always for making locked on new york rangers your first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms including youtube for the everydayers uh, you guys are definitely going to stick around the next two episodes are going to focus pretty heavily on the result of the Rangers final two preseason games. Got a couple of guests that I'm working on lining up uh, for next week. And next week, of course, is the beginning of the NHL season. NHL season starts Tuesday. The Rangers start Thursday. Just cannot wait for the puck to drop and uh, just have some fun. And hopefully uh, it turns out to be a great season of New York Ranger hockey. But as for uh, today, going to turn our attention now to other things that were happening in practice. Uh, we had a top line of Panarin, Mika, and Kako, same top line that we saw in Monday's practice, and it certainly seems all signs are pointing to those three skating together on the preseason game on Wednesday, if not Thursday as well. It's possible they they roll with them. Uh, Laviolette mentioned that he had wanted to get Panarin and Mika on the same line um, at some point. Throughout the training camp, throughout the preseason, but both of them were dealing with minor injuries, kind of threw a monkey wrench into that. But it's going to be happening now. And, man, you put those two together, how dangerous they are. And Panarin, obviously, great passer. Mika's a sniper. And Kako's the guy that can kind of drive possession, maintain control of the puck in the offensive zone. That's a line that could work. You know, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. Second line, you've got Kreider, Trocek, and Wheeler. Uh, a little bit different from the day before it went... On Monday, Kreider, Trocek, and Othman. Othman now on the fourth line. Um, Blake Wheeler getting some time in the top six there. Uh, you got a third line of Cooley, Goodrow, and Pitlick. So, again, you know, we're seeing examples of this all over the, the lineup, whether it's the power play or Lafreniere skating as an extra. But in this case here, it's Will Cooley not just taking Lafreniere's spot in the second power play, but also taking his spot uh, here on the third line. So that's interesting to know. And 
you know, we, we've talked about Cooley and Othman quite a bit, and will they make the team? Should they make the team? Is that the right way to go? I, I do think right now, if one of them makes it and one of them doesn't, you're probably going to see Will Cooley uh, break camp with the Rangers, whereas Brent Othman will start with the Hartford Wolfpack for the very simple reason that Cooley was playing pro hockey last year, played the whole season with the Wolfpack, plus four games with the Rangers. Uh, Brent Othman has never even played in the AHL, not even a single game. So with all that said, um, I, I think Cooley a little bit more likely to break camp. And, and they've both been great, you know, throughout training camp and these preseason games here, both scoring some goals and uh, playing physical hockey. But uh, I think Cooley probably has the inside track if only one of them makes it rather than both. Uh, fourth line, VZ, Bonino, and Othman. I know some people are going to roll their eyes and, oh, uh, there's the Rangers again, you know, putting their skilled high draft picks on the fourth line. Again, with Brian Othman, I've talked about this in the past, and you could throw Will Cooley in there too. Uh, they both play a physical style enough that I think it's okay to have them out there on the fourth line at the start of their NHL careers. You can have them just kind of naturally work their way up as time goes by. Don't overwhelm them. Don't put too much on their plate right from the beginning. Uh, I think some people want to see like Brian Offman out there with Panarin on opening night and Hey, crazier things have happened. You never know for sure. Um, but again, I'd be okay with Brian Offman or Will Cooley, either one of them beginning on the fourth line. And then you just kind of let the natural progression take over. They'll work their way up their lineup uh, as, as time goes by. And then again, Lafreniere and Brodzinski skating is the extras. Brodzinski, the only Ranger to play in all four preseason games thus far. Sounds like uh, that streak will come to an end in the fifth game, but I'd be very surprised if he wasn't back out there uh, for the sixth game, getting one final shot to uh, you know, crack this Ranger roster on opening night. He's definitely in the mix. Uh, we will keep our eye on that going forward. Uh, another noteworthy piece of news from uh, from practice is Philip Heal still not practicing on Tuesday. On Monday, LaViolette sounded optimistic that uh, Heedle will be ready for opening night. doesn't look like there's been any uh, kind of an update. I mean, it's only a, a day later, so I don't think anything too drastic would have happened. Um, but yeah, we'll keep our eye on that as well. Certainly doesn't seem like Heedle's going to be uh, suiting up for the game on Wednesday. And if I had to guess, probably not Thursday either, uh, but we will see if, if anything changes there. Um, also worth noting that, uh, with all the cuts, the Rangers are practicing as one group. It's funny because as recently as like a week, a week and a half ago, you'd see these, uh, Ranger training camp rosters and it'd be broken into like three different groups. And, you know, there's like 60 players listed. And, uh, now, you know, again, it, it's down into well, like 25 or so players, uh, remaining in camp. So, uh, they can all practice as one group and, uh, get things done out there. Um, so that's cool. Also of note, uh, the penalty kills, uh, we had a, Penalty kill unit of Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, Eric Gustafson, and Adam Fox. And then we had another penalty kill unit of Capo Caco, Vincent Trocek, Eric Gustafson again, apparently, and Andre Miller. And this was a tweet that was sent out from Colin Stevenson that listed these two penalty kill units. And at first I thought like maybe it was a typo that he put Gustafson there twice. But watching the videos, uh, it looks like Gustafson was mixing in on both units. Um... You know, the one video, it's kind of hard to see because they're, they're all the way at the other side of the rink and you know the video is being shot from far away. Hard to see their faces, hard to see their numbers. But Gustafson being part of the penalty kill unit is interesting to me. I mean, it could be they're just giving him some work there because you never know when you're going to need him. But, you know, given the Rangers defensemen and, and how good they are, I, I felt like, you know, coming into the season that we probably wouldn't see much of Gustafson on the penalty kill just because you've got Fox, you've got Lindgren, you've got Miller, you've got Truba, you've got Brandon Schneider. All those guys, to me, profile as better penalty-killing defensemen than Gustafson, who's kind of known as an offensive defenseman. But, I mean, it's good to know that they feel good enough about Gustafson that they can put him in that role if they have to. And Gustafson, of course, could mix in on the power play as well. Uh, but just interesting to see that. Also interesting to see Capo Caco out there on the second power play unit. 
Um, we've seen him kill penalties at times in the past, you know, it, sparingly. A couple of years ago, two years ago, at the beginning of the season when Gallant first took over, they kind of experimented with Lafreniere and um, and Kako on the penalty kill. And it didn't really go that well. It was kind of a short-lived experiment. But this past season, we saw Kako mix in at least a little bit on the PK. He wasn't one of like the go-to options as far as forwards are concerned when the Rangers are shorthanded. But he is measured by pretty much every metric as a strong defensive forward is Capo Kako. So they're probably hoping that that can translate over to the penalty kill as well. They are two different things, but uh, interesting to know that the Rangers could mix in Capo Kako on the PK a little bit more often this season, which just makes him that much more valuable of a player uh, to this team. I thought this was interesting too. So obviously we know a couple more cuts are coming and there's some tough decisions to be made. LaViolette was asked during uh, his meeting with reporters today, Tuesday, if waiver eligibility will play a role and might as well get this part out of the way first. The, the only two players in the Ranger camp right now that can go, that can be sent to the AHL without having to clear waivers. That would be Will Cooley and Brian Offman, the two very young players who are uh, making a very strong impression in camp thus far. So he was asked if, you know, they'll take that into consideration when trying to decide, you know, okay, who's going to make this team, who's going to be sent down. Um, and it, it sounds like, uh, I mean, he didn't really give a definitive answer, but this is what he said. You always want to protect players. Uh, he was talking about getting claimed from other teams, from getting claimed by other teams. Uh, and then he went on to say, you want to get the best team and the best lineup. So those conversations always happen around this time. So he didn't really tip his hand too much there. But um, I will say, you know, two guys that are certainly not a lock to make the team that would be exposed to waivers, uh, Johnny Brodzinski and Ben Harper. And if they don't make the team and they get sent down and they have to pass through waivers, I'll be holding my breath a little bit. Look, if one of those two players gets cleaned, is that going to throw the entire season into disarray? I don't think so. But you know, Johnny Brodzinski, I think, is a valuable player. He's in that role of the NHL, AHL swingman. He might make the team this year even, and maybe he becomes a fixture in the lineup. If he doesn't, though, um, you would want him to pass back through waivers because he is somebody that I think you feel comfortable putting into an NHL lineup on any given night. And if he heads back to the Wolfpack, he's their captain there. And I think the Rangers value him in that role, uh, being a good you know role model for some of the young players there. So I wouldn't want to lose Brodzinski. I also wouldn't want to lose Harper. Harper is just kind of a, a personal favorite of mine because kind of came from out of nowhere last season. Not a star player by any stretch, but he was pretty close to hanging up the skates. And you know, gets a PTO with the Wolfpack and ends up being on the Rangers and playing a pretty significant role to the team. I like the way he plays physical and stands up for his teammates. So, uh, yeah, I'll be holding my breath a little bit if those two players are on waivers. And I've been leaning toward sending Cooley and Offman down um, and having them start in the AHL and build confidence and call them up later in the season. But that is part of it, too. I think you owe it to yourself to just look at this from every angle and the fact that Cooley and Offman, they don't need to clear waivers. So if, if you don't want to lose Brodzinski and Harper... Um, that's an option too. I, I mean, again, you know, I say all that and then you think about it and it's like, well, you know, do, do you really want to like, you know, not have the best possible team just to protect, you know, Brodzinski or Harper. It, it's an interesting food for thought. And it's something that I'll continue to talk about as we go forward here in anticipation of the, uh, you know, the final roster heading into the season. But, uh, yeah, interesting debate for sure. Um, in just a second, I'm going to go ahead and give my opening night lineup projection, uh, I want to do this uh, a little bit before the Rangers make their final cuts. I think it just makes it a little bit more fun and uh, gives me a little bit more to work with. We're going to do that in just a second. But first, got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. 
Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank everybody, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Uh, I want to keep everything rolling here. I want to do my uh, opening night lineup projections before we call it a day here. I'm going to go with a top line left to right of Kreider, Mika, and Capo Caco. And to me, there are two players here that I I feel like should be written in ink here uh, as far as where they should be on opening night. I got to have Mika centering the, the first line. Um, I don't think I'm going to get too much pushback from that. I mean, he's a heck of a player, and uh, that's where he's been the last however many seasons here. I got to have Capo Caco, and I talked about this in the last episode. Got to have him as the top-line right winger. Uh, Lafreniere has not played well enough to have earned that role. Blake Wheeler's an option, but again, I as I mentioned in the last episode, he's the veteran uh, 37-year-old Capo Caco. It's time to let him hopefully spread his wings this season, and he had success with Kreider and Mika when he was with them, uh, at least at times, last season. Second line, I'm going to go left to right, Panarin, Trocek, and Wheeler. The only thing I don't like about this line here is that we don't really have a bonafide sniper. But certainly, you know, all three of these guys are are probably going to score 20 goals. It's not like they can't shoot the puck at all. So that kind of alleviated some of my concerns when I looked at it that way. And some of them will score more than 20 goals. Um, You know, I'm I'm open to eventually flip-flopping Trocek and Hedl. You can have Trocek on the third line, Hedl on the second line with Panarin. But as I've mentioned multiple times on here, Right now, I just don't like the idea of conceding a whole bunch of uh, face-offs with Artemi Panarin on the ice. And if Philip Heal is your centerman, that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, hopefully, you know, he's worked at face-offs. Hopefully, he gets a little bit better. I'm not looking for Philip Heal to go out there and win like 58% of his face-offs, but uh, hopefully a little bit better than like 40 or so, which is where about he's at uh, for his career. So for now, Panarin, Shotrek, and Wheeler. Third line. Lafreniere, I mean, I'm not going to make him a healthy scratch or anything like that. You know, people get people get a little too dramatic sometimes. And it's like, oh, this guy can't play and trade him and this and that. No, Lafreniere's out there on the third line left wing. Uh, Philip Heal is your center. So you've got two-thirds of the kid line still intact. And then we're going to put Barkley Goodrow out there as well um, on the right wing. Of course, all this assumes that Philip Heal is healthy and good to go on opening night. Obviously, some adjustments would have to be made if that was not the case. Um, but yeah, I like this. You know, you get the kids and you get the veteran Goodrow, Goodrow can go out there and do some of the dirty work uh, for this line. And yeah, overall, I, I think it's uh, it's a good way to go. Lafreniere for me right now just can't be in a top six role. Now, if he goes out there in the last preseason game and he lights it up and he looks like a man possessed, uh, then okay. You know, maybe you go back to uh, him being in the top six for opening night, uh, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, then the fourth line, I'm going, this might surprise you guys a little bit. I'm going to go left to right. Johnny Brodzinski, uh, Nick Bonino. Tyler Pitlick. Uh, this also means that Jimmy VZ will be the 13th forward. Uh, this is because, quite frankly, in the preseason, Brodzinski and Pitlick, the two guys that maybe don't have uh, a firm grip on an opening night roster spot, at least as far as the Ranger forwards are concerned, both of those two, to me, have stood out just a little bit more than Jimmy VZ. Uh, there's part of me that wants to see Johnny Brodzinski get a chance. You know, I, I have to admire guys like that that stick with it. Uh, they're 
in the NHL sometimes, but they're usually in the AHL. And uh, Johnny Brodzinski, I mean, hey, maybe this is his chance. You know, we, we talk about getting opportunities and making the most of them. He's played very well in the preseason. He could honestly have, very easily have, um, as many as like three goals right now. And unfortunately, he doesn't. Um, but he's hit the post a couple of times. He's been in the mix there. He just looks good. He, he's playing fast. And um, that expression, to use that again, looks like he's trying to kick the door down. So I kind of want to reward that. And it's nothing Jimmy Vesey has done wrong. Uh, good defensive forward. I, I admire how uh, he's altered his game over the years instead of uh, trying to be this, you know, offensive juggernaut that, that like some people maybe thought he was going to be coming to the league. Uh, he's had to alter his game a little bit and become this, you know, pesky, in-your-face, defensive forward, good penalty killer. So I like Jimmy Vesey. And if those are your 13 forwards, I got no issues with kind of rotating VZ and Brodzinski and Pitlick a little bit in and out of the lineup. Uh, we'll see how the Rangers look to play it, but uh, I'm going with VZ there. And uh, to apologize to everybody, I'm sorry, but I'm starting. If it's up to me, I'm going Cooley and Othman uh, starting the season in the AHL with the Hartford Wolfpack. Don't worry. We'll see them a little bit later in the season. Whenever the Rangers need a spark or whenever these guys are just lighting up the AHL and it gets to the point where there's nothing more that you can do with them. Um, you know, we saw the Rangers. You look at their opening night roster last year. I mean, you've got guys like Ryan Reeves and Dryden Hunt and Sammy Blay and Libor Hayek. None of those guys made it through the season with the Rangers. I mean, Hayek was still on the Wolfpack, but he had to pass through waivers and did so unclaimed. Um, so yeah, the roster will change the, the roster will change on an as needed basis. And you've still got Cooley and often waiting in the wings for you, even if they don't start this season with, uh, with the Rangers, as far as defense pairings, uh, I'm sticking with, uh, what's been working over the past handful of seasons. To me, the quartet of Lindgren, Fox, Miller, Truba, I still put that up there, um, at the top or near the top of the league. Show me a team in this league. I'm serious. Like, like tell me, cause I don't know every team's depth chart inside and out off the top of my head. So if you can think of a team that's got four defensemen as good or better than Lindgren, Fox, Miller, Truba, uh, please let me know. I, I would love to, to, you know, compare and contrast. Maybe we'll even do that in an episode, but to build off that, those two pairings seem to have worked. I, I like when teams go with kind of, you know, an offensive defenseman, uh, along with kind of an old school gritty defenseman, stay at home defenseman. And those two pairings allow you to do that. Now, obviously, Trooper can give you some offense from time to time. And Adam Fox, I mean, I call him an offensive defenseman. He's just an all world defenseman who's great at everything. Um, but you get the idea. Um, you think of Fox and Miller as kind of the dynamic two here. And, and you know, Lindgren and Truba is kind of the old school two here. Uh, as far as the third pairing, we're going Gustafson and Schneider. I've really been impressed by Gustafson uh, throughout this preseason here. Schneider too, but uh, Schneider, you know, his his spot was a, quite a bit more secure than Gustafson. So that's the third pairing. Seventh defenseman, this is kind of where it gets interesting. I'm torn between either the Rangers trying to trade Zach Jones or trying to sneak Ben Harper through waivers uh, down to the Hartford Wolfpack. Ben Harper, like pretty much everybody else still in Ranger camp, not named Offman or Cooley. Uh, he would have to clear waivers. And so it is a little bit risky. Um, technically, the Rangers could try to send Jones down to the AHL, but they're not going to do that because he would have to clear waivers. And I think there's a fair to good chance that he would um, that he would probably be claimed uh, while trying to get through waivers. And we don't want that to happen. If the Rangers are going to do anything with Zach Jones that doesn't involve him being on the Ranger opening night roster, they're going to try to trade him. Now, if you can get a good offer for him, then maybe that's a route you look to go down. I mean, you know, he's... Um, He's somebody that I think they like, but I don't know that they're like completely sold on him. And uh, right now, Gustafson looks like he's the sixth defenseman. Um, but I think if it came right down to it, if I had to pick one of these things or the other, 
assuming we don't get like a mind blowing trade offer for Zach Jones that you can't say no, I think my preference would be, and I hate saying this, I think my preference would be play Spin Harper on waivers for the purposes of sending him to the Wolfpack and just keep your fingers crossed that he makes it through waivers. And again, you can call him back up on an as needed basis. Uh, the biggest reason for this to me is very simply upside. Zach Jones is 23 years old. Ben Harper is 28 years old. Zach Jones, a, a third round pick. He still has some upside. He still has some potential. Ben Harper, he found a way to be, you know, a somewhat effective player for the Rangers this past season. But with that said, he is who he is. You know, I, I don't think Ben Harper is going to become much better of a player in the future than he is right now. Um, And he does do some good things. But for me, I can't say goodbye to Zach Jones. And I especially can't just like trade him away for, I don't know, like a six round draft pick or, or something along those lines. So, um, yeah, for me, that's the move. You, you, unfortunately, you got to wave Harper. Um, and, and you just hope that he gets down to the Hartford Wolfpack. Well, we'll see how the Rangers look to play it. And then as far as the goalies, I mean, it's Igor and it's quick. There's not really uh, much to discuss or debate there. Uh, in a future episode, I want to also uh, do my picks for the power play units and the penalty kill units. Thought about doing it today, but kind of a packed episode in the first place. Didn't want to have to rush through it here at the end. So we'll do that in a future episode for sure. Um, and I'll leave you with a quote from Peter Laviolette on whether or not he wants to have his lineup settled at a certain point. That's what he had to say about that. There's going to be a starting point. He's talking about his lineup, but then he paused and then he said, I wouldn't use a pen, which obviously means that, you know, everything is subject to change and it's possible he could juggle the lines, um, you know, at some point. Only other bit of news I want to mention here at the end, Rangers have recalled Dylan Garan. He's going to back up Jonathan Quick uh, for this first game. Igor will be inactive. Uh, the, the first of these two preseason games. And then I would imagine they'll probably do the opposite in the following game, the final preseason game. Igor has already been announced as a starter. Grant will probably back him up, and Jonathan Quick will sit as uh, you know a healthy scratch, quote-unquote. Um, and part of the reason for that, too, I think, is like if you have an injury, like, I mean, knock on wood here, but say like something happens to Jonathan Quick in this next preseason game, you don't want to be in a situation where you have to throw Igor out there unexpected and then imagine he gets hurt too. I mean, what would you even do at that point? So I think that's part of the reason, but um, it, if I had to guess, I, I would say probably quick plays the entire game uh, on Wednesday and then Igor plays the entire game on Thursday and you got Garand as the backup for both of those games, um, you know, for, for the final two preseason games there. Uh, figure we could pretty much call it there. The only other thing I want to do, Derek Stepan has made his uh, his retirement official. That happened just before I hit record here. Uh, we did an episode not too long ago, kind of a tribute episode to Derek Stepan where we celebrated all his best moments as a New York Ranger. Uh, it wasn't official at that point, but he was like taking a job as, you know, a scout for the Minnesota Wild. And he was watching their training camp in a press box. Didn't seem like somebody who was gearing up for an NHL season. So uh, this is what Derek Stepan had to say. After 13 years in the NHL, I've decided to retire. I want to thank my family and friends for always supporting me and allowing me to live my dreams. I want to thank the four organizations I had the privilege of playing for and to my teammates for allowing me to be part of their family. Finally, I want to thank the fans. It was an honor to play in front of you. I'm forever grateful for this game, and I look forward to the next chapter. So a uh, little goodbye there from Derek Stepan. And, uh, yeah, I heard from a lot of you guys. Uh, you know, he's one of your favorite players. A couple of you even mentioned he was your favorite player. Uh, ever on the New York Rangers, and that's awesome. Uh, great player when he was here. And, uh, you know, just, just a solid all-around player pretty much throughout his entire career. Fell off a little bit toward the end, but a lot of that was due to injury. And whatever happens, man, Derek Stepan's always got that iconic moment, uh, that Game 7 overtime winner against the Washington Capitals. Do yourself a favor and uh, YouTube that if you haven't seen it in a while. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. 
Once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.